Nation. Ladies and gentlemen of Lafayette. The Hammered Down Show with Jared Jesolitis is Lafayette's number one sports show. Yes, I'm excited! He totally went to Jared. The voice of Lafayette Sports. The cream of the crop! Nobody does it better. Send us your thoughts on the text line at 765-447-4080. Now go to that voodoo that you do so well. Good show. Brian Nay, Central Catholic Knights, going to be on with us here in just a little bit. We'll get his thoughts after the win uh, for the regional and uh, thoughts, uh, at, you know, because they beat LaVille and then they get to travel up to Lures this weekend. Um, yeah, we'll have that game here on 1017 The Hammer on Friday night. I'm making a long trip up there, so you don't have to, but you should go if you can and uh, support those Knights. Now, I checked the ticket stack here. Well, you know, no football at home this week. Don't have any other basketball until uh, after the holiday in Mackey. You know I do? I know. I can send you to volleyball on Saturday. Do you want to go to volleyball on Saturday versus Maryland? I bet you do. Text Boiler up to 765 That's 765-447-4080. Text it into that number. Just a boiler up to 765-447-4080, and uh, I'll get you uh, a chance to win a pair of tickets. Purdue Volleyball versus Maryland, 7 o'clock Saturday night. We got you covered, all right? So that's what we got on deck. Let's get started like we always do. Need to know news time. Here's your need to know news. All right, we got some NFL news here. Justin Fields will be under center. This Sunday when the Bears head to Detroit to take on the Lions. It's big news. they got to figure out what's going to happen here with these first couple of picks. Do they need a quarterback? Is, is he going to be the guy? Last chance for him to make that case. Meanwhile, over in Cleveland, Deshaun Watson's season is done. He's going to get shoulder surgery. He does say he tried. He was going to just give me the shots and I'll just go out there and play through it. But instead, he's going to get shoulder surgery. And when you have a fully guaranteed contract for an awful lot of money, you'll probably opt for the surgery. I'm getting paid anyway. Not saying that's the decision. I'm just saying you have that luxury, making all that money. Uh, Browns already played the Colts. Uh, They will play the Bears December 17th in Cleveland. Northwestern is set to promote their interim football coach, David Braun, to permanent head coach, says ESPN, through sources on Wednesday. Braun was hired in January as a defensive coordinator by Pat Fitzgerald, led Northwestern to five wins so far this year, more than the team's combined win total for the past two seasons. He is the first Northwestern coach to win five games in his first season since Walter McCornack in 1903. And you guys all remember that guy, right? So congratulations. By the way, uh, Purdue is up there this uh, this Saturday. 
Big Ten hopes last night did not go well for the Big Ten. Just two wins for the conference, and they weren't exactly impressive. Illinois, uh, top 25 team, loses at home to fourth-ranked Marquette, 71-64. Creighton takes it to Iowa, 92-84. Duke over Michigan State, 64 74-65. Providence, 72. Wisconsin, 59. So, yeah, uh, not great. Swept in the Gavit games last night and, uh, you know, Duke-Michigan State. Not great. As for the wins, Penn State beats St. Francis of Pennsylvania 83-53. Woohoo! And Northwestern 63-59 over Western Michigan. Tonight on the Big Ten slate, you've got Ohio State, a 23.5 point favorite over Merrimack. That game at Value City Arena. Nebraska back at home, 15.5 point favorite over Stony Brook in Georgetown. Takes on Rutgers. Uh, in Piscataway, Jersey Mike's Arena, where the Scarlet Knights are a 10-and-a-half-point favorite. NBA in-season tourney last night. Pacers beat the 76ers 32-26. You know, it was just a couple days ago. They got lost in Philadelphia. Tyrese Halliburton, 33 points, 7 rebounds, 15 assists. Blue and Gold head home to face the Magic on Sunday. IU Health Hoops Classic last night. Girls kicked it off. Benton Central 67-42 over Jeff. Rensselaer Central the 48-42 victory over Harrison. Central Catholic 69-54 over Twin Lakes. And Westside gets McCutcheon 49-46. They'll pick up the action again tomorrow. The uh, consoles between Jeff and Harrison in May Gymnasium. Followed by the winner's bracket Benton Central and Rensselaer Central. Over on the south side of McCutcheon, it's Twin Lakes in the Mavs in the console game, followed by Central Catholic in West Lafayette in the Champions Bracket. And then they'll get everybody organized for a uh, whole marathon on Saturday. And there you go. That right there is going to be today's Need to Know News. All right. Well, did we crush it last night or did we crush it last night with our bets? Oh, we went over on the Iowa game. No problem. We went, uh, I, I, I told you I liked, I really liked um, Marquette in the plus two. So we hit that. So we went two for two last night. Let's go. Let's keep it going. We've been, we're hot early here. We're looking for more, uh, we're looking for more W's. Tonight, um, and I'm trying to find stuff that I feel like, hey, maybe you are pretty comfortable with because it's somewhat familiar. Uh, Ohio State, Merrimack, uh, they should destroy Merrimack, but gosh, they looked, they haven't looked good. So I want to stay away from that one. Nebraska, Stony Brook, uh, probably okay. I'm going to go with Georgetown and Rutgers in the under tonight. Rutgers a 10-point favorite. Not bad. I mean, they are playing in Jersey Mike's. This is a Georgetown team that's, you know, under new management. And they need some time to figure it out. Both these teams have been very slow on offense. They're both in the bottom 50 in the country in adjusted pace. Georgetown is not good on the defensive end of the floor, though. That's the problem. 
Rutgers has been good on defense. Scarlet Knights are 36th in adjusted defensive efficiency. And Georgetown has been scoring early on. They're averaging a little over 80 points a game. But they're playing absolute nobodies. Abs- not even like mid-majors, like absolute nobodies. Meanwhile, Rutgers not putting up a ton of points, but you know Rutgers. They like to get in those low-scoring, kind of grind you down, play defense, limit the possessions. Rutgers uh, has been on the under on both uh, of their games so far this season. I mean, the under the 133 and a half that we're looking at right now. So I like this. Even their history, these guys haven't gotten together since 2013, so you kind of have to throw the history out. But you like Rutgers tonight. Like I said, it's not, I think this is a slow pay, slow played game. Games at Jersey Mike's Arena only average 118 and a half points. I just I, I like how this I like how this shakes out here. Georgetown Rutgers under uh the one thirty what did I say it was one thirty five. Rutgers only scoring sixty five points against mid majors. Georgetown, they're gonna come down. But the Scarlet Knights only giving up fifty six points. If they only give up fifty six points tonight, I mean this thing hits no problem. So yeah, under 133.5, that's my play tonight. They also don't shoot well at the free throw line. This was funny. Georgetown shooting 58% from the line. Rutgers 66% from the line. Yeah, bad shooting stats here. 133 is a little low. Yes. But again, Georgetown put up 60, they lost 68-67 to Holy Cross. And then they played LeMoyne. Who's LeMoyne? Is it LeMoyne? This is disgusting. Know who these people are. You know, Rutgers played Boston and Bryant. Is it impressive? No, but again, they've stayed, uh, they played three games and they're all under this mark. Of 133, and I just don't think uh, it's not happening. That's my play tonight. Tail responsibly. We'll get something together for tomorrow with Thursday night football. I'm not a big fan of this Big Ten slate tonight. And it's not exactly, it was so good last night in the competition that we had. Of course, they all lost, but at least it was good TV all night, right? That Marquette and uh, Illinois game was entertaining. And it's also fun to watch Michigan State lose, who always does this this time of the year, and then they come roaring back in, like, January, February. End of January, early February, they figure it out somehow. But for the team that was supposed to maybe upset Purdue in the Big Ten season here, they're not looking too sharp, and Purdue looks like the absolute juggernaut right now of the Big Ten. It's good stuff. We're going to take a break. Coach Brian Nay, he's next. Stick around. There's plenty more Hammer Down Show on the way on 1017 The Hammer. Welcome back. It's 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. I'm Jared Jesselitis. We're over to the Blue Fox Eating and Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. Coach Brian Nay, Central Catholic Knights, back on with us here 
as the uh, Knights get ready for the semi-state game against Fort Wayne Lures. Um, the Knights coming off a huge win last week at home. You heard it here on 101.7. The Hammer 22 to nothing against LaVille. Pitching that shutout. Uh, I thought that defense just played really, really well, Coach. Um, you know, that opening drive, you don't see a whole lot of that double wing set kind of stuff uh, very often. It was a little bit unique, but I, I really thought Coach Bry Fogle and your defense, boy, they figured that out about a drive and a half in. They they figured out all the little tricks to it and really put the clamps. That was a great defensive performance last week, Coach. Absolutely. I mean, you, if you're doing that, that, if you're pitching a shutout that deep in the tournament, um you know that's 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 a special uh, that's a special effort, special performance, and this defense just keeps getting better. And uh, it's really fun to watch. It's really fun to. to it, I'm glad that we're on we're on their team, and uh, you know it's you can't win games if you don't score points. So um, they kind of adopted that mantra, that mentality is like they can't win if they don't score, and and uh, they uh, they went and did it. Uh, it wasn't just it wasn't enough just to talk about it. They went and did it, and can't say enough about. Uh, how well our defensive staff prepares prepares the lads, and how well that they they show up and and execute. You know, it's 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 great to see. Did a great job of making Laville just uncomfortable in what they like to do uh, offensively there, and uh, yeah, credit to that uh, defense offensively here. I know uh, Bobby was thirteen to twenty one. The the couple ints, the first, uh, I mean, the first one in the end zone. Just uh, you know, kind of felt like he got baited into throwing that one, but I, I thought he got a little bit better as the game went on. Uh, you know, you get your usual contributors like you know uh, Mason Meister, uh, Nick Page had himself a pretty solid game. I thought uh, as, as well showing up there. I mean, it's the it's the usual suspects for you guys on offense. Absolutely, you know, in, in the last few weeks, I feel like. Uh... Our offense has, has maybe taken a few steps back, and and uh, you know, yeah, I, I just we're, we're pressing at times, we're forcing a little too much, um, and uh, you know, this week we're really we're really focused on getting kind of back to uh, you know to our base and to our day one uh, our day one install type type things, just get getting the guys back comfortable, uh, you know, executing football plays. Um, but I mean, they're going to have to obviously show up on on Friday night, and, and credit to Laville, Laville came out and showed us. You know they played us in something they hadn't played all year, and we had every you know we had their entire season on on film, um, and it was the first time we had seen two man out of them. So that yeah. there was some there was some adjust there was some uh, adjusting to, to to be done. We probably could have done a little bit better job, um, you know, um, of of being able to attack attack that a little earlier. But it is what it is, and uh, that the the lessons learned are not lost on our on myself and our offensive staff and. Uh, you know we're going to be better prepared for uh, for anything this week because that's what that's what that's what we've seen the last three weeks. We've seen I don't want to, they're not junk defenses. They're just defenses that uh, that 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 our opponent hasn't put on film. So uh, so you show up and you obviously you prepare all week for for one thing and you see another and when it what happens three weeks in a row and 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 in week three you still you know I'm still not pleased with how quickly we uh, we were able to adjust. Uh, you know the the, the point of emphasis. Um, you know, point of emphasis is on myself and our staff to to figure it out and figure it out a lot faster than than we have. So, um, but credit to Laville. I mean, they they were able to they were able to frustrate us early, and uh, you know we're used to we're used to driving the football and finishing in the end zone more often than we don't. And uh, you know it's it's a regional championship game, and, and and they came with a good plan. And credit to them for executing that plan and, and kind of holding us down there for the for the first half, especially. 
I know you, uh, you, you know, you don't say it, but personally, I, I feel like it's an affront to my eyes uh, on a two-man pass rush is the worst possible thing I think I can watch in all of football. But yeah, no, uh, that was going to be my next question. Did they throw something different at you that you hadn't seen? And uh, of course, you uh, you address that. We're talking with Coach Brian Nay here on the Hammerhead Hotline as they get set to take on uh, Fort Wayne Lures. Uh, this is a Lures team coach, much like you guys, comes in 10-3. and three. Um, Another great defensive performance out of them last week uh, against uh, Bluffton. They shut out Manchester in the sectional championship as well. Um, and, and we were talking about this. A, a team that plays a very tough Fort Wayne, uh, you know, it's the Summit Conference has got a, a lot of good. I mean, Northrop, they got a win over Northrop. That's a 6A team. Uh, a win over Fort Wayne North, that's a 5A team. Um, you know, Dwinger and, and South and, and, uh, Concordia are no jokes either. I mean, that is about as battle tested of a two way team as you're ever going to find. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when, when we show up and, and we're, we're all on the field, that's, uh, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm, I'm very confident you got 19 state titles. You got 19 football state titles represented on that, uh, on that field on Friday night. So, um, you know, what, what we've been in one a as a, uh, you know our tradition in one A. They've done that in two A. You know, so uh, they they've been there. They've done it. You know, it's not a it's not a it's not a you know it, we're not in a situation where we have you know Laville hadn't won a regional championship since 1982. You know, it's it, it was you know it's not that it's new territory for them, but it's it's not as familiar territory as it is for uh, you know a team like Lures. They're they're used to they're used to playing November football. They're used to being here. Um, you know, Coach Lindsey does a great job over there, and, and he's, you know, he's he's got another he's got another semi-state squad, and uh, you know, like I say every week, we're gonna have our hands full again, and uh, it's gonna be about uh, you know discipline and toughness, and, and and being a team, and and you know, may the may the toughest, uh, most together team uh, win on Friday night. What is it that they do so well, Coach, uh, offensively and defensively, that uh, will uh, give you problems here if you're not prepared on Friday night? Like us, like us, the 2023 version of of Lures, um, the, uh, we feel like their defense is definitely their strength, and that's not throwing shade at their offense because their offense, um, their offense, they want to run, they want to run the football, but they can also generate, you know. They can generate very explosive plays in the pass game by going by, like having the ability to go over the top of the defense, which uh, they've got the the QB and the and the guys to throw to, to to be able to do that. They've got the protection up front to be able to do that. But uh, you know they want to they want to play a physical brand of football offensively, and then defensively they fly around. They uh, you know they they uh, they're able to uh, you know they're able to get the job done even with a light box. They're they're able to get the job done the run game, which allows them a, another def- a bonus player basically for the pass. Um, so they're very balanced defensively, and again, I just think a lot of their personnel their personnel is just uh, very impressive on film, and uh, and uh, we're gonna have to play you know we're gonna have to play perfect football. So I it, it's gonna be uh, you know it, it's gonna be a great uh, it's gonna be a great night, great great atmosphere, and uh, you know this is the this is the, this point is the furthest our program has ever been is a two A semi state. I know we did it in 2014 as well um so the boys you know they have the opportunity to push this program further than it's ever been before which kind of blows your mind because you know with the tradition and history that we have the mm-hmm. the opportunity the opportunity to, to 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 be able to again like i said push the program further than it's ever been before uh is an exciting uh is an exciting thought 
Coach Brian A. Central Catholic Knights battling for a semi-state winner. Uh, opens up uh, football at Lucas Oil Stadium on Saturday. That's uh, an 11 a.m. kickoff in the two-way state championship game. And uh, hopefully we'll see these uh, Central Catholic Knights there next week. Coach, hey, best of luck. Congratulations on getting here this far. But uh, why don't we play one more after this? What do you say? Hey, might as well. We've made it this far. Uh, we're going to go over there and give it hell. Welcome back. Hammer Down Show rolls on on 1017 The Hammer and 1017thehammer.com. I'm Jared Jesselitis. Good to have you here. Thank you to Coach Brian Nagan. Again, we will have coverage of that game this Friday night uh, over at uh, Fort Wayne uh, Bishop Bloors. We got you covered with the pregame starting at 7 o'clock. And the kickoff is at 7.30 here on your home for high school football, 101.7 The Hammer. Don't forget, I still have uh, tickets for you to win for volleyball Saturday night against Maryland, 7 o'clock in Holloway Gymnasium. That match sold out. It's my, literally my last pair of volleyball tickets for the season. If you want to go, text BOILERUP to 765-447-4080, and we'll get you your chance to win those tickets at the end of the show. It's volleyball Saturday night. Versus Maryland, text BOILERUP, 765-447-4080. And that is your chance to win. All right. First off, we did have a bit of breaking news as we went on, and I apologize as I wasn't checking my phone as uh, as I was doing the uh, top of the show. But uh, good news for Purdue basketball fans. Shikari Harris has committed. He is he, he's good to go. This is the big get for the Purdue Boilermakers. We'll talk a little bit more uh, about him tomorrow. But this was the guy that you know didn't sign on signing day. Fans got a little, little squirrely. Six foot four. Uh, ranked seventy seventh by on three in the nation. Um, they have him, what, rated at 94. 24-7 has him a four-star as well at 75 in the nation. ESPN has him in the top 100, as does Rivals. So uh, this is a uh, certainly a very big get if you watch the tape on him. He is um, he's good. He's good. He can do a lot of things for you. Again, we'll get into him a little bit tomorrow. But that should make you should know as a fan that this is a very very good day uh, to be a Boilermaker basketball fan. He's just a gamer, man. I love it. Watch his tape. If you have a chance to go out there and watch any tape of him playing, I mean, you just you, you see it. No, he's a guard. He's the he, somebody told me that he was related to uh somebody tried to tell me he was related to Big Dog somehow. Uh, I we'll get into that anyway. Um that's not what I wanted to talk about here, but I needed to mention it and we'll get into it tomorrow. It's the um it is this demise of the Big 10 conference in men's basketball that seemingly has come to the forefront here over the last couple of days. Uh, a lot of that based on some of the bigger programs that have struggled here in the last week. Purdue very much looking good, but some of the other preseason conference favorites like Michigan State most notably uh, is down to one and two. 
Now, Illinois took a loss at home to the fourth-ranked team in the country. Well, we can really bury them, but they'll fall out of the... There's a decent chance they fall out of the top 25. They're at 23 right now, so there's a decent chance they fall out of the top 25. They won't dump Michigan State out of the top 25, but they'll be hanging on. And you'll have basically just two teams in the Big Ten that will be ranked, and Purdue being the chief among them uh, in the top five. So is the Big Ten Conference down? Is it? Are, are we here to say that uh, Purdue should run away with this thing? I'm here to tell you guys, it is insanely too early to have these conversations. Way too early. Illinois, I still think, has a lot of great potential to it. I think you see them struggled a little bit against Oakland, as did Ohio State. Perhaps that Oakland team is pretty decent. No problem handling Eastern Illinois. I'm going to play Valpo on Friday night. They don't really have anybody else until they play Rutgers uh, in the beginning of December. That FAU game that they have coming up, though, that team is for real, man. I'm telling you right now. They look good. They have a nice little run here, Illinois. And this is where you're going to find out about Illinois. Right there at the beginning of December. At Jersey Mike's Arena. uh, Against FAU, who is uh, a top 10 team right now. And then Tennessee on the 9th. That's when you can start writing an obituary. If they can't compete with Florida Atlantic, and if they can't compete against Tennessee, that Tennessee game is on the road. The uh, the other one's a Jimmy V Classic, and to be honest with you, is that a neutral site game? I don't know that's listed like that, but th- 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 that's my point right there. I'm not ready to write the obituary of Illinois just yet. I think you got to give them some time. Michigan State's another one where, you know, Izzo seems perplexed. He's got, you can't deny the talent that is on that team. And you can't deny that this is a, a Michigan State program that through the years challenges itself early. People write them off. We did this last year. You completely write off Michigan State after slow starts. And then all of a sudden you get to the middle part of the Big Ten schedule, and it looks like they wake up. I remember last year, before we hit the Thanksgiving holiday, they had two losses to top 25 teams. Number two, Gonzaga. Number 18, Alabama. They stumbled at the end of November, early December, losing to Notre Dame. They lost. Remember they lost that game against Northwestern at home? And everybody said, oh, they're done. They went through the holidays and you know ran the table like they should have. And then they end up being all right. They made it out of the first weekend of the NCAA tournament in the Sweet 16 and lost an OT. So it's, you know, you can never close the book on Michigan in November. You just can't do it. There are, look, there are teams that you can easily close the book on right now. I don't care that Minnesota is 2-0. 
close that book. There's no, they're, they're not the threat. They're not going to be a ranked team. They're not playing anybody. They're not going to play anybody. They'll do this thing where they're like 6-0. and Maybe they can sneak out a win against Ohio State, who doesn't look great. Nebraska at home. They got IUPUI on the schedule. That should tell you all you need to know. They put IUPUI on the schedule. They very may they may very well look like absolute stars going into Big Ten play, and then they're going to go on a huge losing streak. It's going to happen. You can close the book on Minnesota. You can close the book on Penn State. Wisconsin, (laughs) I don't have a whole lot of hope for. Ohio State, I don't have a whole lot of hope for. Rutgers, I don't have a whole lot of hope for. Iowa, if there's a scenario where they could go down the yellow brick road and uh, Fran can... uh, Clep his heels together and and get some defense. Yeah, maybe I would tell you that Iowa could be a problem. Northwestern. Northwestern, I I generally wonder about. Boo Booey looks good. Barnheiser is good. They play real tough-nosed basketball, and they're not scared of anybody. I don't hate them. That's that's not going to be that's not going to be a fun place to play this year. It's just not. But if you struggle to contain point guards, guess what? Northwestern's going to make you look foolish. Boo booey. Michigan. I mean, hey, great, they beat St. John's the other night. Neutral, um, It's supposed to be a neutral court, but it's not. Youngstown State and UNC Asheville. They don't have their head coach on the sideline. What am I supposed to do with that? My point is, everybody's just saying, hey, the Big Ten is down. Is it the juggernaut that it has been over the last couple of years? No. Absolutely not. It's not going to have five, six teams at the end of the year in the top 25. It's just not. Purdue is very much in control of its destiny here in the Big Ten. Very much so. Because right now, I don't know if there's any other team in the Big Ten that truly should scare you as the Boilermakers right now. Like there's not one of those teams in the Big Ten could come into Mac Arena and be a favorite. There's, it's, that's not going to happen. And there's one to maybe two teams that you could send Purdue out to where they might actually be a little bit of an underdog by a point, if that. But that gap between the top maybe two or three teams in the Big Ten and the rest of the Big Ten is going to be very, very, very big. I mean, we used to have about like 
four tiers or so of Big Ten teams over the last couple of years. I don't think we have that this year. I think you have Purdue, Michigan State, Illinois. You're going to have Northwestern, Michigan, Iowa as teams that can do things good, but don't can't you know can't quite put everything together, but are still scrappy. And our games that if you go and play on the road there, um, if you lose, you're going to say, eh, it's not terrible. And then you basically have everybody else. No. I know the other team you're looking at is the Hoosiers. It's tough. That's another team that, you know, you just can't close the book at this point on them. You can't. Now, they're going to play Wright State tomorrow. They have struggled against Florida Gulf Coast. They struggled against Army. I mean, those were very much in doubt for 75% of those games and even later. They should have the talent and the know-how to dispose of Army by the half. They didn't do that. I think Ware looks good. You you see him and you say, hey, that's a guy that's going to get better and better and be a problem. You got where and you got Johnson. And outside of that, what's going on right now? I know Renew's averaging like 14 points a game. Everybody like likes his Gabe Cups. I get it. They just haven't put it together yet. Can they? They very well possibly could. But it's, just, it's not there yet. But these teams, by the time you get to uh, the Big Ten season and you finally play them in January and February, it's going to be, they're, they're not the same teams. So stop with that whole closing the book on the Big Ten. I think Purdue is still very much the favorite in the Big Ten. But I think where we're at right now and where this league will be at the end of the year are going to be two very different places. It will trend up. I can tell you that. Is he going to have five ranked teams? No. But it will it will trend up. And then maybe by the end of the year we can say, hey, there's there's four tiers. There's, there's your juggernauts. There's the scrappy teams. There's the middling teams that maybe they can be bubble teams. And then there's the absolute never had a chance. Thanks for showing up. We appreciate the W teams. It always it always sorts itself out like that. It always does. We're going to take one more break here. Hang tight. We'll come back. Things we may have missed and more as we wrap up the Hammer Down Show on 1017. The Hammer and 1017. Welcome back. It is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017thehammer.com. Your last chance to win Purdue volleyball tickets for Saturday night against Maryland. Text uh, Boiler Up to 765-447-4080. It's 765-447-4080. All right, time for some of the things that we may have missed. Major League Baseball's competition committee is looking at a change the pitch clock rule, which would reduce the time from 20 to 18 seconds next season with runners on base. Uh, because they saw an average time of game increase by seven minutes late in the season. The 15-second clock without runners on base would remain the same, apparently. Seven minutes? 
We had five seconds of the pitch clock, and it's that's added up to seven minutes. I'm, I'm kind of shocked by that. Um, it's taken a little bit to get used to, but you know it has worked. Uh, we didn't have a ton of these violations, and it's only going to get you know better as it goes on. But two seconds seems a little arbitrary, doesn't it? Two seconds on the clock to save seven minutes on average. Yeah, I feel like we're we're overanalyzing it, don't you? And then finally, we talked about it a little bit at the top of the show, but I am amazed here. Deshaun Watson will get shoulder surgery and uh, sit out for the rest of the season. Deshaun Watson now, um, the Browns have paid him $92 million. He's played 12 games in two seasons, which comes out to $7.7 million per game. My question is, now do you feel like if you are the Cleveland Browns, that that has been money well spent. You are 6-3. and three. That's an absolutely loaded AFC North with Baltimore at 7-3, and three, Pittsburgh at 6-3, and three, Cleveland at 6-3, and three, and Cincinnati at 5-4. and four. No other division in football is anywhere close to having something like that, especially between first and I mean, we're talking, what, a game and a half? Between first and uh, uh, first and last? Uh, you, you can't get that in any other division of football. Um, look, as a guy that watches a lot of AFC North football, this is why this question is important. Because if the answer is a resounding no, that will have a ripple effect, I believe, going forward for NFL players who continue to fight for guaranteed contracts. Now, I'm not advocating this guy's got to play because he's hurt. I don't believe he deserved that contract. But it is Cleveland's prerogative to do so to give that to him. But if you are forking over the largest contract in history and it's fully guaranteed, and this club doesn't come anywhere, if the consensus is uh, this was one of the worst deals ever, NFL teams in dealing with players in the future will simply point to this and say, hey, we tried this before with the fully guaranteed and we got fleeced hard. Real hard. We don't want to do that. More and more of these contracts are getting guaranteed, but the fully guaranteed is only reserved for a very special few, and they're at the quarterback position almost exclusively. Deshaun Watson has to, if he doesn't live up to that contract, and again, some of these things are beyond his reach with injuries, I get that, but if he doesn't, I think it's damaging for players going forward who want to get that fully guaranteed deal. That does it for us on the Hammer Down Show. Big thanks to Coach Brian Nate. We're back tomorrow at 3 o'clock talking local sports with you on 101.